Hey, Nate Horns, uh, I need some help over here. I'm hesitant, but yeah, what's up? So, you know how the moon is about to crash into Earth? Well, I had this brilliant idea to just build like an ARC spaceship, but I'm just having some problems, you know, plugging it in. Oh, God, this sounds like it's going to go just as bad as that time that we all tried to build a raft out of Gatorade bottles. I think we'll complete this project. It'll take less bottles. Welcome in to the Bro Four Squad podcast, where we are just a bunch of bros drinking beer and watching TV and movies. I am your host, the Mayor Jeff Hornacek, and this is our review of Loki, episode three, titled Lamentus. I am joined by the American hero Nate Thurman and the mad scientist Brian Banner to review this as we do all of our TV episodes on the four Bro Four Squad criteria, which is the acting, the story, our favorite scene, and then any of our theories and questions going forward. So we have officially reached the halfway point of Loki on Disney+. Plus. Nate, what did you think of the acting and cast in this episode? Uh, damn it. Sorry. We might have to edit that out. I thought I was on mute because I coughed. I'm not on mute. <clears throat> anyway, I'll just pick up. Uh, so, I mean, it was, it was kind of limited, uh, but I think we got some good scenes, especially um, kind of some obvious contenders for the uh, for the acting to cast in this one who stood out. Sophia DiMartino. Um, Banner shaking his head. I thought she played a great compliment to... Yeah, what's your fucking problem? She to was Loki great. in this. Yeah. I, I, it, didn't, I didn't like her. I thought she was... I thought the dialogue was good. I just thought she performed it poorly. Maybe I need to go back and rewatch it, but hmm. hot no, I, take. I thought her. I thought it was cool having these two basically Lokis being mischievous smartasses to each other and trying to backstab each other the whole time and always having to be one step ahead of the other person. Um, but no, I thought she complimented. Uh, I thought she complimented well. But I'd love to hear Banner's thoughts on anything going forward. I just felt like Hiddleston was just acting circles around her. And he was like, look, I I'm trying to, to help you out here. And she just was real flat the whole time. And maybe that's how she was supposed to play it. Um, and like I said, I thought the dialogue was really good. And I thought the conversation was great. Just the way that she delivered it was not my favorite. I think what I just appreciate about her is it's so interesting with her dynamic with Hiddleston because the whole time I'm like, who really has the upper hand here in yeah. all these conversations? <laughs> I don't even think they know half the time because they're just so full of shit with each other. I will say it was kind of interesting, and I, I don't think we'll get into this next, but I don't think the story was strong in this episode at all. So for them to put the burden really on these two actors, like, yeah, other people have lines of dialogue, but this is a two-horse race. Like, it's mm -hmm. Hiddleston and DiMartino for 40 minutes together. And, I mean, Banner, obviously, interesting that you didn't like it, because if you didn't like their dynamic, then you're not going to like this episode. So maybe that's how you feel about 
episode three in general. I just thought it was interesting to see this other version of Loki. We'll get into whether it's actually Loki or not in Sylvie, who had a different upbringing in a lot of ways, but kind of turned out the same and sort of their intellectual face off that way. Like she, when she admits, yeah, I knew that I was adopted. Loki's mm-hmm. like, then why are you still so fucked up like I am? <laughs> it doesn't make sense. We have different, different, but same, 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 but different. He's like, I thought uh, that was my problem. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, yeah, Banner saying she came off a little flat. I think that's kind of how she was instructed to play this or, or act this, because I don't think she wants to give him too much. So she is kind of giving some maybe dull or dry deliveries at some point. Um, and I think that's where you may be coming from. Like the dialogue was great. The words were great that they used. The writers were, were awesome uh, getting the dialogue, but just the delivery was a little off in your opinion. But I think that's kind of the way she, it was meant to be portrayed because she's still holding her cards close to her t- chest. So she's not going to give too much. You just, were you about to say she's I holding her cards close to her tits? That's what I thought he was going to say. Oh so no, but that would be much funnier. <laughs> But Banner, to your point, like, okay, so Tom Hiddleston is Loki. It's an iconic role. I mean, if you're Sophia DiMartino, you're not going to out Loki Tom Hiddleston. You know what I'm saying? So she kind of has to try to go a different direction. Yeah, Yeah, but go a direction. Don't just, like, read the lines. Like, I don't know. And I didn't didn't care for it. But like I said, I thought the dialogue that they had in one of my best scenes was just the two of them sitting down talking. But... I don't know. And she was, I don't know. I just don't like her. Maybe, Say, maybe I don't know one, one more things. time. I dare you. I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. All right. Since Banner said, I don't know four straight times, I'm assuming we're good to move on to the story and the plot <laughs> of so. episode three. Uh, according, I to I, according to IMDb, we have a short synopsis, which makes sense because I don't feel like much happened in this episode. And it's as far as the plot, at least, it says Loki finds out the variant's plan but he has his own that will forever alter both their destinies. So, Brian, uh, as the title states, we're on the planet Lamentis, <laughs> the uh, time hop pad sent uh, Sylvie or Lady Loki and real Loki, which actually I, I forgot uh, until a second ago. The first like five minutes of this do take place in the TVA. Um, and then yeah. we end up on Lamentis. Yeah, some is in the TVA and then some is in the agent's mind as she's <laughs> enchanting yeah. her as well. So first two scenes, um, and then we basically go on to Lamentus at that point. So, Banner, what did you think of the story here in episode three? I think that we had a really clear episode one was the best. Episode two is slightly inferior to episode one. Big drop-off here, I think. Uh, slow moving, a lot of exposition, I thought, and... It just was not a lot happened, right? We met Sylvie. We kind of got to know her a little bit. And they're still stuck on the planet. I think all the show, all the series, probably every series, because I think The Mandalorian has a lot of this too. There's at least one episode where you feel like the plot is like stalled. It's in neutral, but it focuses heavily on character. And so at the end of a season, it, it just feels like, okay, it just added color to the, the mural or the picture we're seeing. But in the midst of it, it's kind of frustrating and annoying, especially in a six-episode series when you have so much momentum and then this happens. I think that's how I feel now. It's, I guess, a necessary evil at the end of the season. But if this were a movie that they were to edit, I think they would take 10 minutes out of this episode and put it in the film. 
I yeah. Agree. <clears throat> Absolutely. Yeah, you could you could run through this a, a lot quicker um, just being on this planet. and Because I don't think the actions or any of the or any of the things that happen on the planet are going to be that important. Yes, some of the conversations, I think, but those conversations could have been had anywhere. Right. Um, yeah, so I mean, for me, like, obviously the way that the episode ends is intriguing, and we might get into this in best scene, but the last ten minutes of it were really fucking awesome. And I enjoyed some of the character beats, but I think this will be one at the end of the six episodes. And again, we're halfway there. We'll look back and say this was probably... In terms of the plot, I mean, I feel like we're in the most similar place after this episode than we were any of the previous episodes from when they started. And I know it's a small sample size, but I don't mm-hmm. think it's close in that regard. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, we, we we picked up a few tidbits bits along the way. Um, I think one of the biggest things, and it was a brief conversation because I kind of moved on, but learning about the uh, TVA agents and how they are Huge. variants. Yes. yes, I'm sure there's going to be stuff in questions and theories, but um, yeah, very big. Um, there was kind of a line that kind of threw me off saying that she had to go back hundreds of years, which now that I'm thinking about it and saying it out loud, it may be just from her point of view of where she was at in the future. She had to go back hundreds of years because it seemed like present time when they're having the margaritas and everything. But yeah, I don't know how that would. That was definitely not like the 1800s. Yeah, so I'm just, now that I'm talking about it out loud, she must have been way in the future, or her timeline was in way in the future when she went back to that. Um, but and then yeah. the TVA, maybe they're in a suspension of time. The TVA, I have no idea, but who knows? Yeah, I'm gonna... afraid when you have an episode, you only have six episodes, and you have. It, two-thirds of this episode is just fluff right it makes me nervous that like are they gonna rush some of the resolutions in this show because they only have six episodes i'm not kind of a similar at this i had a similar concern with falcon and winter soldier and obviously that panned out just fine but the idea of this show is a little bit more out there as opposed to just a straight action buddy cop like falcon and winter soldier was yeah, it's tough right now because we don't know what happens in episode four. But considering episode one and two put some really heavy and uh, dense concepts on us in terms of how the TVA works and functions in the yeah. MCU, I almost wish we would have spread that out across this episode as well and help me, maybe just because I'm stupid, but help me get a better grasp of what we're actually dealing with conceptually in the show instead of you know cram it all in episodes one and two and now we just kind of hang out on Lamentis and... Go visit a trailer park and stuff like that. Yeah. All right. Uh, best scene? Or do you have anything else, Nate? Uh, two quick things on this that are, that are kind of fun with the um, TVA agents being variants. Um, Mobius in the previous episode has like an obsession with like that jet, the jet skis and like the magazines. Yep. Kind of thinking maybe he was pulled from the 90s or that was kind of where his timeline was. And so that's why he is still obsessed with those. 100%. Um, and then the last thing, which gives me hope, um, is Tom Hiddleston actually had a quote after asked, what is his favorite episode of this series? And he actually had a tough time saying what it was, but he said four and five because they go in a complete, like together, because they go in a completely different direction. Oh. Um, so that was a direct quote from him. So I'm kind of excited seeing four and five come because they are going to bring some more to the party. Um, this Man, show, smiling about yeah, it. he's smirking. Banner's smirking like he knows what Tom Hiddleston's talking about. No, it just, I'm immature, and you said four and five come, and it made me laugh. 
<laughs> wow. This okay. show is so out there already and bonkers that I can't even imagine what this going in a completely different direction would look like. Yeah, I think part of his quote as well was something about he whenever he was reading the script, he did not see it going this direction at all. And then four and five happen and kind of branch off. So excited to see. Hopefully we get some fast paced movement. For sure. All right. Uh, best scene. I'll start off. I have one and then an honorable mention. Drunk Loki at the bar. <laughs> so great. It was Fantastic. just great. How Sylvie passes out and wakes up and he's just running court in there. And uh, Banner, of course, the homage to the original Thor when Thor learns what coffee is and says, another. Yeah. Smashes his I'll have another. Yep. Yep. <laughs> nice homage. And whatever the song he was singing that I'm assuming is like an Asgardian pub anthem. Yeah. It was, like, it was a, nice, a nice comedic relief in there. Yeah. And I just want to go out and drink with Loki, to be honest. Yeah. Seems like he likes to have a good time. He I has that other side. I would, watch, I would watch an entire episode of him just like like courting the entire bar. Like, how do you go from you're having the serious conversation with Sylvie at a table to an hour later, just you're the, you're the life of the party and everybody is singing what you're you're singing? How do we get to that point? I loved how Sylvie goes, well, I'm going to take a nap. And he goes, you relax your way, and (laughs) I will relax mine. Yeah. Uh, And be shots. The line between them at the end was great. After he was drinking, he, like, had this great revelation of, oh, love is. And he describes a dagger and all this. And she's like, so a fake dagger. He's like, "Ah, it wasn't that great, was it? She just, like, (laughs) shot him down immediately. He's like, damn it. metaphor. (laughs) Which is funny because as he was like talking that I was like, wow, this is like really good writing. And then she just completely shoots it down. And I was like, well, I'm a fucking idiot. (laughs) To each Uh, their own. Nate, what was your favorite scene? Um, I feel bad because I already know this is going to take Banner since he already said something about it. Um, But I'll add add some color. You didn't even like the way that uh, Demartina... Martino acted in it so i know um but yeah the dialogue between them when they first get on the train um great getting some insight into into the both of their backgrounds and you're you're kind of seeing that they are kind of the same people they had similar but different um upbringings and everything and i just like the the back and forth had had a couple of things from the dialogue that were really great um her kind of not wanting to give him full credit when she says, oh, fairly decent magic when he's doing the fireworks. Oh, yeah. and she's like, eh, yeah, it's fairly decent magic. That was cool. Um, and then there was, a, there was a moment where he was talking about his mom and he kind of paused or she kind of paused and was like, she was thinking, she's like, what was she like? Like her curiosity is coming out, but mm-hmm. she doesn't want to like show it. Um, and that, that was uh, kind of cool back and forth between them, um, seeing some of that mystery come out. Um, but yeah, overall, just... I like, I like that little one-on-one with them. Uh, I will say their magic together, like the preceding scene, them getting on the like train and everything, they could be an unstoppable force between her ability to enchant people and his ability to transform. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that would be like Jordan and Pippin in the 90s. <laughs> yeah. If they wanted to. Banner, do you have uh, any? Uh, yeah, I'll add on to that a little bit too. Um, almost like a grief session for Loki. Cause we have to remember he found out two days ago, if that, that his mom died and it was his fault. And so he's kind of having that, you know, whenever you have 
remember dying, you start to think about, well, I should have said this or I should have said that and, you know, all the good times or whatever. You could kind of see him going through that in his mind. Mm-hmm. And like you said, he's reluctant to share that with him, but he feels like he needs to almost to an extent. Yeah, it's him getting a- stuff off his chest at this point. Yeah. yeah, he's he's in a weird spot, too, because he sees his life play out at the TVA, but he still kind of feels like, all right, I can learn from these mistakes almost before I've made them. But also, I think him being around Lady Loki's like, fuck, though, we're just not the kind of people that learn, are we? <laughs> we just keep doing the same thing over and over. It's kind of why I'm here in the TVA office. Yep. Um, and I'm just going to say that, like you said, Jeff, those last 10 minutes fantastic the practical set that they had and they were running through was crazy yeah it was was made to look like one take i don't know if you guys have seen the movie children of men with clive owen it's been a while so there's a very similar scene in terms of aesthetics obviously it's not like cgi riddled like this but it's it's like one take and clive owen is running through like this battlefield and i got a serious i don't know if kate here and the director like was worked on that movie or a fan of it, but it's just so hard to do that visually. And it was, I was not expecting that type of a set piece at the end of the episode. So I was kind of taken aback by it. I got a lot of um, serenity feels and not the shitty serenity with Anne Hathaway, the good one with Nathan Fillion that came <laughs> off of Firefly. Right. The opening scene to that, like the first 10 minutes is all one cut and he's going through their spaceship, meeting all the people and it was obviously not as action-ridden as this, but same, same feelies. Before we move on to the last part of the show, I want to get both your guys' opinions. Nate, you can go first. On kind of the aesthetic of Lamentis. It's sort of, especially at night, feels like you're at like a laser tag arena. And it's mm-hmm. a type of planet we've rarely seen in the MCU. I think maybe a little bit of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 in the beginning. But I thought it was kind of a cool visual change of pace. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, you don't really see much of that. I, I was trying to even just, in this brief second, rack my brain and see if there's anything in the in the Star Wars universe that I could kind of compare it to. But there's really not anything off the top of my mind that I that I can. So it was a nice, it was a nice change of pace um, to see that. Um, it was cool watching all the background visuals and everything of the rocks colliding and yeah. falling into Lamentus and all that. Um, and there's one shot I remember specifically, like the train was going like. Literally this huge thing it looked like the size of a state was crashing in, but it was like going slow motion and then exploding. I was it was pretty awesome. I uh, definitely enjoyed all the visuals. Yeah, Banner, I was getting uh, from Agents of Shield Planet Kitson vibes a God, little bit. God, I love Kitson. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I could definitely see that. I think that it's it's a good thing you pointed it out because that's a really important thing for this episode is that Lamentus added so much because let's say that they were in i don't know pittsburgh in 1930 same dialogue same situation it would not have been as good of an episode and i I didn't even think it was that good but it would have been a worse episode if they were there but instead they go hey let's go to this planet that isn't real and show you some stuff and i kind of like how it was a planet we hadn't seen before yeah there's so many places they can i mean obviously it's fun when you have an easter egg of a like a callback but it was cool uh to sort of get a new backdrop for this episode i'm baking on us having some of those easter eggs coming up oh we have to right yeah that was too important to not come back up yep 
All right, last part of the show, theories and questions. Banner, we'll let you go first, and we'll go around Robin. What's uh, what's on your chest? What do you so, first question, we're going to keep it light here. Was Loki hitting on himself when he was talking to Sylvie at the bar? You got a little bit of that vibe, for sure. Because, yeah. I mean, I feel like Loki's the kind of guy that would fuck himself if he could. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, he, he loves him some Loki. Yeah. Good for them. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's the weird thing. I was sitting at home like, do I want them to kiss right now? I don't know what. <laughs> I felt I? weird because I kind of Is this incestual? Did. I don't know. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I still, <laughs> I need to sleep on it. Yeah, don't ask me tomorrow. Because they did, they had such good chemistry. I think it might have blurred into a little bit of sexual tension, whether it was intentional or not. Yeah. Plus, uh, I think every girl on the planet wants to fuck Tom Hiddleston, so it's kind of hard not to. On Lamentus or on Earth? Yes. Okay. Just everywhere. Every timeline. (laughs) Every timeline. Um, I think next episode we're getting a third version of Loki. Yeah, I'm predicting kid kid Loki. Um, I think Loki is going, or this third version of Loki is going to save the two of them because obviously they are trapped on this planet that the moon is going to crash into and destroy. They know this is happening. They can't charge their little iPod thing. So, and, and she keeps talking about a bigger plan and, and this plan and it, all this planning and, and organization and stuff. So I think there's another Loki that's helping her also. There isn't just one variant that's fucking everything up. Well, sorry, Nate, to... I was going to toss it to you next, but that actually leads right into my theory or question. So I'm assuming the only way for them to get off Lamentus is for the TVA to come get them. But what I'm what I'm wondering is for that to happen or for the TVA to know where they are, they do they have to do something that can create a branch timeline? And if so, what could they possibly come up with? That's a good point, because everyone is destroyed on that planet. So, right. It's kind of like the Pompeii situation that we got into last episode. Like, nothing I do is going to create a branch on this timeline. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought the TVA was a strong uh, choice for how they get off there. Um, but then back pocket, literally, does Loki have an Infinity Stone in his back pocket? I, I was just getting stone. to that. Does he have the time stone? I don't know. Because mm. how does he stop that pillar that was about to fall on him? That is not a power of his that we have seen yet in the MCU. Yeah. So well, neither is making fireworks with your fingers, Jeff. It's an illusion. Allegedly, an illusion. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I thought TVA. But yeah, you bring up a good point. Like, how do they know where they're at? Um, and even if he doesn't use an Infinity Stone or specifically Time Stone this time, I think he did pocket one. And now yeah. that he's outside the TVA. It will come into play later on, so I'm excited to see that. I point. would be disappointed if he didn't pocket at least one. Yeah, come on. Look who you are. You're Loki. It would be very un-Loki, yes. Yeah. Now that I think about it, we didn't have Owen Wilson in this episode, did we? No. Nope. Rinslayer was in it from the TVA, but that was about it. Right. And she just got her ass kicked, right? Uh, there was no... She didn't fight. Oh. She showed up, and then they dropped through the little portal. Yeah, once uh, Sylvie realized that their sticks melt people, like the Grandmaster, she was like, yeah, I'm not really going to hang out here much longer yeah. than I have to. Hard pass. 
I liked how they showed how her magic didn't work at the TVA yes. either. And, and her kind of going, yeah. oh, shit. Yeah. And so, I, get- I don't know if this was already established, but I'm assuming that that means she had never been to the TVA previously because she was like, what the fuck? That's what I was about to say. I don't know if it's important, but it was a, maybe something to hold in the back of your brain for later. Oh, she's never been in the TVA. I have one more thing, and I guess this is a question as opposed mm-hmm. to a theory. But to Nate's point earlier, how I think it was very important, very important, how they established that everyone working at the TVA, number one, are variants from other timelines. But number two, they have been sold a false bill of goods, I'm presuming by King, played by Jonathan Majors, that they never had a life outside of the TVA to just keep them from questioning it. What I'm wondering, you know what would be really cool is if Marvel threw in so even like a brief, like one second scene, a bunch of other variants that we've seen throughout the MCU. Like what if M'Baku has a guy who works like reception at the TVA? Mm-hmm. What if um, <clears throat> be cool. there's like another Mantis working there, Ooh. you know, like a different version of MCU characters that we've seen. Um, Could we get Favreau to show up as like a security guard? Sure. What if like what <laughs> That'd if be awesome. I, dude, I bet Sam Rockwell would do like a thirty second scene as Justin Hammer again, like a different Justin Hammer. Oh yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That'd be cool. That that that's a yeah, that's something I really hadn't thought about. Obviously this is there's gonna be more to play out since they didn't touch on it too much, but um that actually kind of segues nicely into one of the other theories I had. So um Episode one, two, I can't remember now. Um, Renslayer and Mobius are in her office talking. She's talking about the other agent. Um, and I'm thinking that that other agent could be another version of Mobius. So it's basically the same person. Because of the ring on the table, right? Yeah, he's like, Top maybe ring? it was from your other agent that you work with. I'm like, hmm, that may just be a little bit of a breadcrumb there. Um, and now that they're issuing out that, oh, these are variants, so... We may get a dual Owen Wilson scene in the future, which I'm, yeah. fingers crossed is what I'm hoping for. Um, and the way they talked about the other agent, he's got to show up. So I'm just banking that it's another version of this Mobius. I'm wondering, because that that line in this episode intrigued me more than probably anything from the episode three. I'm wondering if they'll get into how the TVA goes about selecting a variant to pluck out and have work there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. All variants in the TVA's mind are bad guys, right? Like, they are doing wrong. Yeah. They're messing with the time. now you have all the quote-unquote criminals working for you. Being reset, is that just turning you into an agent of the TVA? I think so. We all assumed... We all assumed that it was resetting their timeline so that they forget about the TVA and everything is kosher again. Yeah, and I'll tell you this. Loki is going to realize that pretty quick, that that's what they're setting him up for, and that's when shit's really going to hit the fan. Yeah. That's a good One point. One thing... Can you imagine Loki about, being like a, like a lunch lady at the cafeteria? His little hair it's like, now. oh, Mobius, going with the <laughs> chips today, huh? Mystery meat. Wow. Uh, one thing I hate to disappoint you guys and our fans out there, but uh, Kate Heron, the director of the series, she said in an interview this week, I think it was on Collider, that unfortunately Owen Wilson does not say wow at any point in the series. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, 
Yeah. <clears throat> that would be almost a little too much, so <laughs> I can understand. I think that. Kevin Feige was like, as much as I even want to see it, we can't do that. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Uh, that's all I had. I mean, this episode, again, I enjoyed it. It was more of just an, an acting showcase. Um, I got one more. Character study, but yeah, I didn't have much else. Lay it on us, Peter. All right. So, you know when Sylvie last episode blew up the timeline, right? Yeah. All we have the- all yeah. these... All these branches are going everywhere. Could she, in theory, going through different timelines and was preventing a bunch of Lokis from dying and she's going to try and create like a Loki-type army? I mean, that could be what it is. Um, Just where they ended up on Lamentis, I'm not too sure because I'm pretty sure that's one of the apocalyptic events. Um, that they're kind of honing in on. I like the theory, um, but I'm not. I can't remember. Did they go there by mistake, or was she like, was she just trying to run from the TVA? I think they were. I thought they were just trying to run from the TVA and just going to an apocalyptic event to hide. But so, so it, not necessarily one of the ones that she was trying to reset the time on. Not necessarily. To support your theory. Of course. <laughs> Uh, that would be cool. Um, and it would kind of make sense with the last thing I have here, which we kind of talked about this last, uh, episode. We don't think Sylvia is really the all, all seen power and everything. There's someone behind the string, behind the scenes, pulling the strings. Mm-hmm. Um, and after this episode, I'm kind of thinking maybe like an older Loki from a different timeline that is kind of teaching her. She also said in this episode, she taught herself how to do that. Okay. That's bullshit. Someone had to teach her that, um, which we, we really didn't even touch on her being Sylvie and an enchantress and all this kind of stuff. But I think it's like an older Loki from a different timeline who's helping her along the way and, and guiding her, um, which kind of goes with what Banner was saying earlier about how they get off Lamentus. So allow me to share my screen real quick. Richard E. Grant, who you guys might recognize from uh, Rise of Skywalker, this gentleman he is cast in the series as well, and he's a kind of a famous actor. A lot of people suspect he might play an older Loki. Ooh, I can see it. There's another picture of him. Right <clears throat> well, someone photoshopped it over the Loki logo, so it's going to happen. So now it, it has, has to, to be. <laughs> There's one that actually has him next to Hiddleston, although his face—I don't know what face he's making here—like a blue steel Magnum. It almost looks like that's a reversed picture. Yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> it looks super weird. But... He's like super jaundiced too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but he's he's in the series as well. One last thing I thought of as Nate was uh, bringing up that theory about what Sylvie's or who Sylvie might be working for. So the TVA, their mission or I guess goal when they asked Loki to help them was there is a Loki variant who's fucking up the timelines. Help us catch them. Right. That was what they told him. Mm-hmm. Yes. So let's assume that they even figure out where Sylvia and Loki are. If they're on a planet like Lamentis that will is about to be destroyed and they'll die, would they even care to go rescue them, or would that kind of be doing their work for them? I think they would care because she's sitting off all those reset charges to so many places. They still need a game plan to be able to fix the timeline because there's so many other fucked up... Yeah trails coming off it now and they might just want to ask her like why the fuck and how the fuck did you start doing all this and yeah 
I think I think that they would have to save them, um, especially because uh, uh, what's the judge's lady's name? Renslayer. Renslayer. Yes, he made a comment about to Mobius about we have a huge flaw in our security. That's what makes me nervous. So bring the variant, bring Sylvia and or Sylvie and um, Loki back to explain to them how to correct that. How to how to sew up that hole in their security? Yeah, mm-hmm. fixing those branch realities, I that's gonna be such a headache. I have no yeah, idea. Yeah, that's that's a job's gonna wait for Monday. We're gonna have a good weekend, and then we'll deal yeah. with that next week. Yeah. yeah, I think that's where these episode where this episode four and five are really gonna take off. Awesome. Anything else? That wraps it up for me. That's all I got. All right, it's going quick. We're halfway through it, and uh, as Nate said, Tom Hiddleston says the next two episodes get even crazier somehow so a different direction let's get it uh one thing i did see disney plus announced the rest of their marvel shows i guess because people have liked it are going to also release on wednesday similar to loki so hmm. just an interesting okay. nice feather in our cap all right for the american hero nate thurmond and the mad scientist brian Banner, i'm the mayor jeff hornacek and we are the bro for squad podcast thank you guys so much for checking us out Be sure to join us for our reviews of the last three episodes of Loki. You can find us on Spotify, YouTube, or Apple Podcasts if you type in Bro4Squad as three words. We're also on Twitter, at Bro4Squad, and you can check out everything that we post on our website, Bro4Squad.com. Till next time, we have to go shapeshift into a better-looking podcast. Should be hard to do. Can I be the hot one? Since you called it. (laughs) 